It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Okay, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. Hey, we've got a great show for you today. We have Rob Mish. He is a sports writer based in Las Vegas. He's actually from San Diego, and he's in Vegas, and he's written a new book called Sports Betting for Winners. And it's not just about betting. It's about the whole betting culture and underculture and kind of seamy underbelly of gambling. And it's about Vegas and the books in Vegas and all that kinds of stuff. And he's got some, and the characters, of course, he's got some great stories to tell. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think we're going to collectively learn that, you know, gambling is only something you want to get involved in if you have a couple of dollars put aside to have fun with. But if you don't, don't do it. And I think Rob will agree to that. So guys, guys, radio, we're going to talk about sports, sports betting and sports betting for winners. Let's see what else is going on today here in the guys, guys world, if you will. Well, today I went out to the fish market here in downtown San Diego. It's about the second or third time I've been down there, but what happens is every Saturday morning they bring a whole bunch of uh, fish in. Uh, all these boats go out and they catch all kinds of beautiful fish, rockfish, whitefish, sheephead, mahi-mahi, ahi tuna, skipjack tuna, Pacific uh, spiny lobsters, they don't have the claws, uh, prawns, uni, which is those spiky looking things that look like a little cactus almost and uh, they have this delicious center that you can eat uh, octopus squib and then they have some big crabs and a whole bunch of other things so every week the boats go out and they bring back their catch and people line up to buy this stuff and then uh, and then uh, they have actually stands where you can get the fish cleaned and cut up for you filleted it's it's fantastic so it's one of these hidden nuggets I've learned about San Diego living here since really from the beginning of October and I'm in downtown, and it's a it's a really fun place and fun city, and I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Now, of course, the weather is spectacular. Every time I think it's going to get cold or be cloudy for a few days, and somehow, some way, the sun breaks through. And I think uh, San Diego has uh, 300 plus days of sunshine throughout the year, so it's really tough to beat that. Some would argue that it's not only the best weather in the United States, because also there's no humidity, but also in the world. So it's really a beautiful, beautiful city, and it's very chill. I came from New York City, Manhattan, uptown on the upper, upper west side, and there's, the vibe is great. I love New York, but the, it's totally chill here. It's just so chill. So anyhow, I, I've been finding some things by living downtown initially, because on our transition, we want to, well, let's start in the city and move our way out, because we're not sure where we live my wife's not sure where she wants to work, and proximity to where you're going to work is important because most likely you'll be driving, and if you're driving, if you live in the wrong place uh, in relationship to where your job is, you could be adding an hour of commuting time onto your daily jaunt, if you will. So we decided, let's start downtown, downtown and then we'll move around from there. And it's really cool. It's a it's 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 a vibrant city, but it's not it's not like Manhattan. It doesn't have all kinds of stuff going on. Most of the businesses here, there's a lot of banks, there's a lot of courthouses, there's a lot of bail bonds, stuff like that. But there are also there's shopping and there's good places to eat. I would consider San Diego kind of a foodie town. There's an art community, there's kind of the hipster area of the East Village. There's Coronado Island, which is stunningly beautiful. And if you just go right up the coast, of course, there's Carlsbad and Encinitas and there's Old Town and all kinds of places. It's it's really 
It's really special, coastal living, really cool. But while being in downtown and people from the surrounding area don't know some of the places that I found downtown, for instance, just having walked the city, I, I didn't get a car right away. And I've been taking the trolley and the coaster and the surf liner, but this trolley system takes you all around town. I've also wanted to walk it because I walked all over and that's how I learned about New York City and Manhattan specifically. I walked everywhere for years. So I found actually in an area around B Street and 2nd Avenue, I think, 6th Avenue, excuse me, um, a couple of places to eat. One is, I call these my San Diego deep finds. So the first is this Cochina 35, 35, and it's a, it's a real Mexican breakfast place. And so you get Mexican breakfast the way Mexicans do it. And they have this Cafe Ola, I believe, which I guess is Cafe Wave, Wave Coffee. Uh, and it's delicious. And then they have, you can get your huevos rancheros. And they do it kind of authentic Mexican style. And they have a whole bunch of other um, uh, breakfast dishes. And one is a uh, chal, chal, chalcuente, I think it's called, chaluta. Uh, and it's a pork-based uh dish that's for breakfast. And I don't eat meat, so I didn't try it, but everybody was ordering that. It looked pretty good. Um, There's also a place, one of the taco stands uh, that's in the same area. And taco stand, there's there's about three or four of them down in the San Diego area, and they're fantastic. Uh, I think they have, so far, for me at least, the best tacos. And you can get uh, uh, like a shrimp camarón burrito, which is, it's not stuffed, it's got a whole bunch of shrimp in there. It must be like eight shrimp. And then there's a uh, cabbage inside instead of rice and beans. So it's not real heavy, very tasty, very flavorful. And they make it right there and it's super casual and people line up to get their lunches there. So that's also in the same area around 6th Avenue and Avenue B. And there's also another place that has fresh donuts called the Donut Bar and people tee up and they eat up, they buy all the donuts and then the place shuts down. Then they open up again, usually at 5 p.m. with more fresh donuts. So anyhow, a couple of deep finds in San Diego. So here we go, Guys Guys Radio, my special guest will be coming out, Rob Mish. Okay, everybody, we've got a special guest. Uh, as you know, your guy's guy, Robert Manny. I'm really into sports. I'm not a, I'm not a betting man. I'm not a real gambler. I play fantasy football. I played rotisserie baseball for about a, collectively about 50 years. I won a lot of money doing that, but I wouldn't consider myself a gambler. I have friends who play all the time. But I want to get somebody on the show who can talk to us about the ins and outs of sports gambling and sports betting and Vegas and Stuff like that, real guys, guys stuff. And I've had guests on talk about some of the pitfalls of gambling too much. So I wanted to show kind of the other side, the fun side, but also talk about some of the realities also. So I've got a great sports writer on. His name is Rob Mish. He's been a sports writer for over 30 years. Pasadena Star News, CBS Sportsline, Las Vegas Sun. He wrote a book called The Last, the Last Natural, which was about Bryce Harper. And he's a longtime uh, Vegas resident. And he knows everything about sports books. He knows everything about sports betting. So, Rob, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Thanks for having me, Robert. I think you, in your intro, I think you said very wise words. It's a, it's a dangerous world, sports betting, and it's, it's, it's very imperative to be careful and tread lightly. Well, I'm glad you said that because I, I wasn't sure what your perspective was, except from reading the book, I got a sense that you know, one of your cardinal rules, you had three rules, and the first one is, 
you're going to bet, make sure you, you, you can afford to bet and lose that money. So why don't you tell us your three, the three the core rules that you have if you're going to get involved with sports betting. Sure, Robert. I think that's number one. I think when you put money down on the counter that had better be money, you're, you are never going to miss. Not that you want to just kiss it off. You don't want to be negative, but hopefully you put some thought into it. You looked at the numbers. You've come up with a, a reasonable uh, way to go about your business. And but but primo, the very number one, that that can't be money you're going to miss. Don't ever dig into the uh, the money used for fuel for the month or grocery money. That had better be disposable income, and hopefully it's enjoyable and a hobby. And you can uh, put up with those losses. Number two, we've all maybe seen those waders or put on some waders that you wear into the middle of the river to go fishing with, uh, to go get <laughs> get some trout. Those waders. When you go into a sports book, you you better be wearing waders that are up to your chest because that's how deep the BS is going to be. And so. Just take everything you hear with a grain of salt and go about your business, and hopefully you've done your homework and you're not influenced by anybody else. And the third point is never, ever shake anybody's hands in a sports book. I have done an informal, I've done an informal poll in recent years in sports books, and when I go and use the gents' room, I wash my hands and you know how your your eyes can kind of frolic a bit in the mirror and you kind of look around just peripherally. I would say that the percentage of men who do not use the sink after the facilities is between two-thirds and three-quarters. It's between 66 and 75%, and I am not joking. I would, I would uh, suggest not even uh, bumping fists with anybody in the sports, but keep your hands in your pockets and go about your business. Wow. Do you think has it anything to do with the whole gambling thing, that they don't wash their hands, or is this just a coincidence or something you noticed? Uh, it's, it's probably more of a coincidence. I think there's a lot of sloppy people in there. I think they're, they're, they're eager to get back to the big board, eager to watch their game. Um, I, I truly feel for the custodians who have to clean those gents, the, the, the men's room in any sports book because that is the worst job in Vegas. You know what? I gotta tell you a quick story. When I was in college, I had all different types of job, uh, odd jobs. Yeah. And one one year we uh, a crew of us five of us we got hired to clean office buildings and this was back in the days where you could smoke in the office so we went around uh, they'd be the vacuum cleaner guy the ashtray and uh, the uh, garbage can guy and then the bathroom guy right. believe it or not the bathroom job was the easiest when you did the men's I hate to say it but the women's bathrooms were a disaster it was oh. mayhem in there and it's just hilarious and I, 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 maybe coincidence whatever but I was shocked. Because I always thought like, oh, they'd just be neat little sure. rooms and all that. No way. They rock well, just like and, the big boys. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, I've never been into the women's room except for one very early morning when I I, uh, I was at the roulette wheel with friends and I accidentally walked in the, the wrong restroom. But uh, I have seen some things in some men's rooms that I would never repeat on a family-oriented show like yours. It's it's just beyond disgusting what people do. Yeah. I know. I've been there. Believe me. Uh, some really eye-opener. So anyhow, let's get yeah. back to uh, your story. 
What was your inspiration to write this book? It's a terrific book. It's got a lot of tips. It's got some history. It's got some really quirky, interesting characters. You did a lot, and I know you were on a short deadline for it. What inspired you, and how would you get this done? Well, I was very fortunate. In a nutshell, uh, it, it found me. It came to me through a series of very key people. So I am I am grateful for knowing some some uh, smart people. Uh, the uh, publisher Kensington out of New York. They were looking for a sports betting book based out of Vegas to capitalize on the growing legalization of it across the country. And they were great to work with. I had, as you as you alluded to, I had four months to turn it around from nothing to finished manuscript. That was September 1st, 2018 to January 2, 2019. I finagled January 2 into the contract because I knew I was going to turn it into them January, the morning of January 1st. So I always like to beat deadlines, if not crush them. But this was a tight one. Uh, Robert, I, I had written three books previously, and I had never gone from nothing to finished manuscript in less than 11 months. So I was fortunate that I knew some- that's fair. Pardon me? Like, you know, if yes. you can do a draft in six months, you're really ahead of the game. Absolutely. I mean, the editing takes so much time. Big time. That took, uh, oh my God, that almost took, um, that took 10 months to, to yep. it took it took more than twice as long to get it in order to edit it and copy it and go through all those mechanics. But uh, I was fortunate to know a lot of key people that led me to it. I was fortunate to have three books under my belt because the, uh, a, a good part of why I wanted to do it was just to see if I could do it. It was mm-hmm. just such an, uh, an incredible turnaround. So I wanted to see if I could do it. Plus, by the time I accepted it, I had been living in Vegas for about 16 years. So the good part about that is I knew some uh, some great contacts in the sports betting world here, and I figured they could lead me to other great contacts. And mm-hmm. I was just on a very, very fast treadmill, and everything okay. fell into place. And I really wanted to give the human part of gambling on both sides of the counter. You did a good job. Um, the Thank name you. of your book is Sports Betting for Winners, Tips and Tales from the New World of Sports Betting. My special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Rob Meesh. Um, let me ask you this. Um, do, do, in today's world, uh, is it, you know, in, when you're in sports, there's the, uh, you know, the quantitative people, the money ball people, and then there's the old timers, if you will, play from the gut. In right. gambling, has that changed also? Is it shifting more to quant and it's all algorithms, or are there, are there successful people who are placing bets who are going from their gut? You know, you're taking into consideration weather for a football game, whatever, but basically right. they're, not, they're not doing it. It's not all a computer model. That, that, that was a fantastic part of the book because it's the age-old um, kind of question, man versus machine, and mm-hmm. that's, that takes us right into the, the new world of what's coming tomorrow in sports betting. And there is, as you know, live betting and in-game betting where as the action is unfolding, you can make a bet either for or against whatever you're seeing and whatever you think might happen next. Well, as you can imagine, all of the, uh, the, the sports uh, betting companies, all, everybody on the other side of the counter, they are quantifying all those possibilities and spitting out odds in nanoseconds so they can capitalize and, and best give the numbers that will benefit the, the book's bottom line. So on one hand, you have those computers that can't, they can make decisions so much quicker 
human who has been watching sports for 40 years, 50 years, who knows what's coming next, who knows that the, the Detroit Tigers bullpen last night just got hit hard. And if tonight's starter for Detroit only lasts two innings, well, there's going to be some issues with Detroit's pitching because they don't have a bullpen to speak of. For the most part, uh, uh, the uh, the American books are juggling between the computers and the gut feelings and the experiences of their veteran uh, uh, book associates. Okay, let's take a couple of steps back. Just from your uh, broad perspective, Rob, um, tell us a little bit about betting on uh, placing wagers on the different sports, whether it be football, NBA, M- uh, boxing, uh, MMA, the horses, uh, tennis, NASCAR, the Oscars, whatever. Well, yeah, we got to start right in with the Super Bowl, the marquee game of the granddaddy of them all. NFL just drives the sports books in America like you can't believe. It is, it is the King Kong of sports betting in America because that's what the public just thrives on. And uh, we could really get into some details, but as far as the Nevada books are concerned, uh, the Nevada books did very, very, very well in the Super Bowl. That's two weeks of a carnival of prop bets and everything you can imagine. The Westgate turned out a a 33-page booklet of prop bets you could make. Now, there's a reason they do that. The House is not in it to support the public. The House is in it to support its bottom line, and it appears that uh, very safely the Nevada books, for the 28th time in the past 30 years, is going to come out in the black uh, regarding its Super Bowl betting. So mm-hmm. the book just dominates the public when it comes to the Super Bowl and the NFL in large. It's uh, it's four months of just a, a windfall for the books, largely. And, and, and Now, and when, I'll, you say, I'll, when you say, Rob, a prop betting, I'm sorry to interrupt, um, but for our audience who may not know all of yeah. the ins and outs, what what is that? What does that mean? Yeah. Basically, you could have bet the Super Bowl. It was roughly about Kansas City minus a point, minus a point and a half. And, and the total was about 54, 54 and a half over the course of the last week or 10 days. Now, at any point, you could have gone into a book and say, yeah, I want Kansas City to get that point and a half. And you're going to lay 11 to win 10, which means you could bet 110 bucks to win to get $100 back. That's just a straight bet. That's called a side bet. You can bet the total, whether it's going to finish under or over at those same minus 110 odds. Then comes the carnival with the proposition bets. Everybody calls them prop bets. For instance, I made one bet on the Super Bowl yesterday. I got plus 425 on the game finishing at three a three-point spread. No matter who wins, I made one bet that the game's final score would be a three-point margin. I've done it in the past. I don't like to bet the Super Bowl. I'm usually busy. It's on for background noise in my house. Uh, it's just my way of, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dip my little toe into the pool and see if I get lucky. I've gotten lucky so, with that. So, if you, bet so that. If, you, if you put like $100 in on twenty-seven, twenty-four Chiefs, what would you have won? The odds were plus four twenty-five when I bet it. So I would have bet a hundred bucks. I would have gotten four twenty-five back. I would have yeah. gotten five five twenty-five back. My principal plus the four twenty-five that I won. Got it. Yeah. Okay, great. What's your uh, perspective on all the other sports out there? It's the uh, NFL is King Kong. What are what are the other sports like and other events, if you will? Everything is is a a, a distant second. Absolutely everything. Um, the World 
series comes about and you're going to have people popping into books betting 50 grand, 100 grand on this or that, but that, that's going to be few and far between. Um, the, the NFL just so absolutely dominates. It's, uh, okay. It's, well, it's really, it's really amazing. Yeah. Okay. For, so for the upcoming baseball season, let's say I'm a big Yankees fan, even though I recently moved to the West Coast, uh, and they're, they're loaded. And now you have issues with the Astros and the Red Sox, right. and I think they're going to just crush it. Um, so is, would it be better if I wanted to place a bet? Would it be better to place it now before the season starts? Do you have your most favorable odds or would it be towards the end of the season where they, you know, they're approaching winning a hundred games? I would assume it's now. The earlier you yes. get, the better it is. Yes, sir. The quicker the better because it's such a public team and all across the country you have uh, 14 states right now that have legalized betting and they're just going to get swamped with Yankee bets from here to the seventh game of the World Series at those seven and those odds are just going to be driven down and driven down. You can also uh, Robert if you like you can bet on uh, there's a there's a totals as far as victories. I think the Yankees are, are far up there maybe the win above uh, triple digits and victories. You can bet that total over or under. So there's 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 uh there's that as far as the money will be altered as the money comes in on the Yankees. And then that win total will also be altered. So if you get in now, you're going to get the lowest total figure and the money will be best. So mm-hmm. in, a, in about three or four months when the Yankees are just cruising and they're, they're just a dynamo, you're going to see that win total probably bumped up two or three games. And it's going to be a price that uh, you aren't going to like. So I would definitely recommend getting in on that right now for sure. So, so if you are just a Joe Blow or a Willie Lunchbucket or a guy's guy and you wanted to place a bet and you can't get to Vegas and you live in, let's say, California or New Jersey, where do you where do you go? Well, New Jersey is legal, so they have uh, great operations there, and so does Indiana. I bring up those two states because, to the best of my knowledge, officials and politicos from those two states are the only ones that have visited Vegas to go behind the curtains to see how it works, to actually see how well Nevada polices itself. That's a key, key uh component to this whole thing. So New Jersey and Indiana, it's legal there and they're doing it the right way. It's a great business to get into. If, uh, if you want to get into that as far as the bookmaking side, the, it's, it's not too exorbitant and then the prices are friendly to the customer. And that, that's a rare, those are rare, rare elements, Robert, because you've seen plenty of other states that have just slept walk through this whole thing. Pennsylvania, finally, last summer, they agreed to start the mobile wagering. 80% plus of New Jersey's wagers come over the apps, come over the phones. And okay. Pennsylvania was just snoozing on that. But Pennsylvania, finally, last summer, they agreed to that. They gave it the green light, and now they're, they have uh, money just they can't count the money fast enough, and it's a good deal for the customers also. If you are in California, um, the 18 tribes are trying to get nearly a million signatures to get it on the ballot this next fall. And then it's only going to be a brick-and-mortar operation like New York, which is just right. why you could get into it at that point because it's just, uh, you know, at that point, a big reason why this, this business is being legalized 
this is to bring it out of the shadows above board so that uh, the state can make some money, it can pad its budget deficits, and customers can maybe have a chance to win a little, and it'll go to maybe other areas like education. When you have a state like California that's going to maybe closely mirror New York, if it even gets adopted, you're talking about only brick-and-mortar shops. You have to physically go in to the uh, tribal casino to make a bet. And a, a big reason why this is being legalized is to kind of try to get the black market out of business. Well, when you do a situation like that, like, like New York is doing, you're doing nothing to get rid of the offshores or Uncle Nate around the corner who has a little office behind the warehouse. The illegal books are going nowhere because they're still going to have, uh, there's going to be supply and demand and the supply is going to be there. And the networking for the bookies in, in LA is extravagant. It's so efficient. Just like Dallas and I have some friends in other states who can make a bet anytime they want. So they don't even need the, the business to be legalized. So it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a seesaw there. You, you, the states have woeful budget deficits. They want to make it up. They see billions, but they don't understand the business. It's a very narrow margin of profit. It's millions and just a few million. And if you start cutting into that, then you're cutting into the business and you're making it very not worthwhile at all to get into if you're a company that wants to get into making making uh, a book. So it's there's a lot of tentacles to this and it's it's very complex and I hope I didn't go off on too much of an no, 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 that's good. Okay, so our special guest on Guys Guys Radio, Rob Mish. The book is Sports Betting for Winners, Tips and Tales from the New World of Sports Betting. Uh, let's talk about uh, a couple of other sports. How about like... Um, I'm going to say boxing, and the reason why is because you have, uh, similar to some other sports, you have somebody that's very important. You have the referee in the ring, and you've got three judges, and none of them are getting paid that much. And I was thinking about this when I was watching the Super Bowl last night where you had a, a crew that was involved with that uh, Saints loss a, a year ago, and right. it's the same crew, and I thought that the calls went against uh, I thought Kansas City deserved to win, but I thought the calls went against San Francisco. Now, yeah. who, who knows, whatever. But what's your perspective on uh, something like boxing, where it seems like pretty easy to manipulate, as well as the roles and, and the underbelly of working on the reps and the judges and that type of thing? If, if, say yeah. what you can say. Right, Robert. Um, well, you know, I, I think back to a quote from Jimmy Vaccaro. He is an institution in Las Vegas. He's now an odds maker at the South Point, and he's been in town for 50 years. And he goes back to Pittsburgh with the cradle of bookies, where so many bookies in Vegas come from. There's just a nook in the Pittsburgh area that that is just so into sports gambling, and it has really fed Vegas with some uh, really smart people. Jimmy Vaccaro told me for the book, he goes, when you're dealing with human beings, you can, you can never... Ever know. You can never think you know what's going to go on because it involves humans and it involves money. I think when, when we watch a boxing match, and you know, we can pick out any boxing match in the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we can pick out any boxing match and there's questions. You want to scratch your head and you wonder, what about that? You know, and, uh, you know, we got a, a big fight coming up with uh, Dante Wilder and Tyson Fury. And the last one was a draw. People were scratching their heads at that. And you just, there's, there's always, always stuff to pinpoint with boxing about, oh, that's questionable. And nobody, everybody laughs. Most people just laugh it off and, oh, it's, that's boxing. And we've come to understand and just take 
of the game. Uh, there's boxing, that crazy little, that little runt boxing and, uh, the stepchild and it's just for a reason. And there's all this stuff going on. We can go back to Donahue, the NBA referee. You're telling me that in the last 25 years, only one NBA official has been found to be, uh, let's just say his activities are less than honorable. Yeah. Uh, only one, only one single professional referee in all the pro sports. I find that hard to believe. So I think, uh, I think Jimmy hit it on the head. You know, when you're, when you go off to the counter to make a bet, you can never, ever, 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 ever know that what you think is going to happen is going to happen. Sometimes, often, you get lucky. Hopefully, luck is on your side. But you're rolling the dice. And like I said at the intro, Robert, hopefully that's money you're not going to miss. Exactly, yeah. And the reason I ask is, was the exact answer you gave me, which is about there's such a human element there. And uh, boxing is a sport that has a lot of different uh, factions. And it's not like the NFL, where it's under one umbrella. So it's even more of a, a wild card that way. But I love it. I love the sport. And yeah. uh, these guys are in great shape, and they really put their heart into it. So no, yep. nothing negative about the uh, people who are participating. Um, right. Fantasy football, Rob, what's your sense of that? Uh, what's happening with it? What do you think about, you know, the obviously draft kings and all of that stuff? Because I, I played rotisserie baseball for 20 years. I played fantasy football for 25 years. And then I saw that you could just keep going crazy if you wanted to. And a lot of guys in my leagues were, you know, kind of peeling off and doing all the uh, online stuff. But I just stuck with one league, and a lot of guys I knew played 10 leagues and stuff. But what's your sense of fantasy football and baseball? Because it, it, now you've got men and women who are fans of football, I think, because of the fantasy football leagues in their offices. Absolutely, Robert. And that goes that goes hand in hand with the popularity of sports betting, the the spread of the legalization of sports betting. Because you have you have DraftKings who is so heavily involved with fantasy sports and now it's just so heavily involved with the sports betting. So they have an operation in New York that's extremely popular in other states and the the two are now so intermingled, it's just one, you know. Fantasy sports is betting, you know, and and those people just naturally gravitate over to uh to betting on the games. Uh I haven't done fantasy sports in probably ten plus years. It just it just got to be too much and uh you're you're watching a game I feel, and I know I'm in the minority, but I'd be watching a game and cheering for stuff for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. And, and, it, just, and it, just, it just got to confuse my brain. The left and right parts of my brain were just melting. So I just had to jettison and get out. I stay plenty busy with my writing and following uh, the sports betting from the inside out, for sure. Well, interesting. Um, you know, in baseball, I, uh, it became much more. First of all, baseball is a lot more difficult for fantasy in my opinion, because it's every day. There's so many games. Yeah. And yep. now the baseball has changed where they bring up a lot of kids and they play them and then they bring them back, put them back down. And and yep. the, the rosters are shifting all the time. And it used to be you'd take a couple of years for you to work your way into the lineup, no more. And even in football now, it's uh, the, the kids, they get right in there. You have a quarterback, rookie quarterback, yeah. you know, starting. And that's that's pretty common now. So sports has really changed that way. And when it, you see that, some of that stuff, I think a lot more when you're playing fantasy because you have to be more on it because there's a lot more changes in the rosters and a, a lot more factors there. But um, 
Very much so. And Robert, you know, one, one, one issue with, with the sports every year is, uh, that I find extremely frustrating is I don't know when this started or why it started, but for some reason, all the major sports now in their off seasons, they feel compelled to change rules so frequently and right. to alter, to alter the game. I mean, that in and of itself has been just ridiculous to follow, but I agree. you know, I, I hear that the National League now is is uh, pretty, it's very likely that they're going to implement the DH next year. And um, so that, that's just beyond frustrating what they're doing to the games. Yeah, because it's just from, from a pure sports standpoint, I'm an American League fan, but the National League style of play is so much better because it's great. I played Little League, I played baseball for years and years, and it was great that the pitcher had to hit. It's part of the whole strategy. It makes you manage differently. It's a whole different game, and so right. you just have to hit this wall, this army of batters, one after the other. Right, you know? right. If I was a yeah, pro, pro, if I was a pitcher and I was in the pros, I'd go to the national. I'd go to the National League. I would not go oh, to the American yeah. League. Well, I got to tell you, one niche that I've found in, in recent years in baseball is I solely bet five inning lines. I only want to deal with both oh, okay. starting pitchers because mm-hmm. bullpens are so erratic and so crappy. Uh, I just take the bullpens out of it, I, and I've narrowed it down to just the five inning lines. And, of course, the National League is so beneficial because basically twice in those five innings, the pitcher's going to come up. So with two ace pitchers, I love the unders in the five inning lines. And so um, I hope they don't toy with that too much. <laughs> How about basketball? We haven't touched on that. And there's, you know, there's a lot of games and there's a lot of points and there's been some scandals. Uh, every once in a while, something comes up on that, but it's a great yeah. game. Um, what's your thoughts on betting the college March Madness or the tournament or NBA? I stay away from the NBA like the plague. I, I detail a specific game that I was involved with a few years ago. And it was just such a stupid, idiotic game that it burned me forever. And I don't even watch the NBA. I'm so sick of pro basketball um, for so many reasons. We could talk for an hour about that, but I won't bore you with that. Uh, college basketball, I write a weekly college basketball column for Gaming Today. It's a weekly publication that's in every sports book in the country. My basketball column is called The Gym Rat, and I analyze four or five games a week, and I make my pick. Uh, right now, I believe I'm 30 and 26. I had a good 13 and two run for a few weeks recently. Uh, but I, I love college basketball. That's actually why I got into sports writing is to cover college basketball because I was such a fan of it. Um, the beauty about college hoops is Tuesdays and Thursdays are pretty good. But when you come across a Saturday in college basketball, there are 100 plus games sometimes close to 150 games, north of 150 games. And the beauty with that is there is no way that the book can accurately set a line on every single one of those games. So if you do your homework, and I'm knee-deep into college hoops, looking at stuff that you wouldn't believe. I keep charts twice a week, and I'm looking for stuff so under the radar. While people are looking at the big games, maybe – number two against number five tonight. I don't want anything to do with those public plays. I am looking to bet against Chicago State. I'm looking at the over in 
Kennesaw State. Uh, Houston Houston Baptist has been an over machine this year. And anybody listening to this, you can just blindly bet on Houston Baptist. You're going to win two of the three games and keep rolling until it loses out of principle because they play no defense. I wrote in a column a few weeks ago that uh, Houston Baptist is a it's a triple A Matador school that feeds Barcelona and Pamplona because these guys don't play defense. They just wave everybody by and they try to get 100 points. Houston Baptist is just my nugget for college basketball. So um, I am making picks at uh, programs and teams that nobody would think of. I chart the top 10% and the bottom 10% of uh, the the teams in the country. That's 353 programs. I chart the top 10%, bottom 10% in 20, 24 different categories. And then in there is when I'm looking for my patterns and uh, situations. Okay, let me throw two teams at you. One is because I'm out here on San Diego. San Diego State, I see like, like, wow, they're like top five. And the other team is my alma mater, Villanova. Oh, uh, love Jay Wright. Uh, two titles in the last 10 years. Totally deserves to be, uh, I know he got one award, coach of the decade. Totally deserving. Such a class act. He's such a great coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and you just happen to be talking to an Aztec. I graduated from San Diego State in 1987. Yeah. So, uh, I've, I've, uh, gone through their ups and downs and this is a, this is a fantastic season for sure. They deserve to be number four in the country. They're number one in the NET rankings. That is what the NCA selection committee will highly value when they make their uh, uh, brackets come on selection Sunday. This San Diego State team, since the middle of December, uh, I have charted the top 10% offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency teams in the country. These are the elite teams, and only two teams have been in those rankings constantly since middle December. Tell me the two teams, Robert. Give me that again. The top 10% in offensive and defensive efficiency, which means these are the teams that are the elite of the country in offense and defense. And it just so happens these two programs were in the top 10% of both of those rankings since mid-December. So these are the elite of the elite. Uh, Duke and uh, Kansas? Oh, you got half of it. Duke and San Diego State. Okay, I should have known. I, should have known that. <laughs> I fed you a, a softball there. <laughs> and I was looking so, for a yeah, right. So, so they deserve to be there. They're number four in the country. They're going to deserve it. If, if they keep winning, boy, to see them. And if they were able to get the number one seed in the West and go through Staples to get to the Final Four, that would be really special. So they they they, they honored Kawhi Leonard Saturday night. Had a great comeback against Utah State. Here's the thing about San Diego State, Robert. They can go from ten down to ten up in a flash. And those guys, especially Malachi Flynn, they are fearless. That kid will shoot from 25, 26 feet and never, never pause a heartbeat. They're, they're, uh, they got the kid Wetzel transferring from uh, Vanderbilt down low. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch. And if you don't know about them, then you better pay attention because there's going to be a chance to make some money on those okay. aspects. We've got a few more questions. It's uh, our special guest, Rob Mission. You're doing a great job, Rob. Sports betting for winners is the book Tips and Tales from the New World of Sports Betting. And, uh, 
you really got a handle on it. What? Uh, how about the election? Uh, when did they start placing bets for that? Not legal in this country. Really? Okay. No, it is, it, is, it, it is legal, obviously, in places in Europe and especially England. Um, if and when election betting were ever allowed, Jimmy Vaccaro told me it would be off the charts and it would dominate better than the Super Bowl, better than the NFL. That's it would be the biggest. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but that's not allowed. And you know what's really interesting? You said something earlier about the Academy Awards. Right. That was question. Yeah, those are not legal. You cannot bet on really? uh, in Nevada. You cannot bet on the Academy Awards because um, it is it is not something that you can watch play out live on TV. In in reality, it's it's predetermined. Some people, at oh, least some people, right. know yeah. what's in those envelopes, and right. so that makes it illegal because uh, you know, right. obviously, like we were talking about, you know, you know how humans and they like to uh, capitalize right. on information. Exactly. So, All right. but, but, but but Robert, here's what's very interesting: Indiana, just ten days ago, they made it legal to bet on the Academy Awards. So yeah, you, okay. you 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 never have been able to do that in Nevada, but Indiana, like I said, you know they them in New Jersey, they're kind of uh, they're they're at the end of the curve. They're setting uh, precedent, and that's one way they're doing it. So good for them. Okay. Any uh, movies that you like uh, that you find are accurate with having done your research that are about uh, gambling, if you will, the bigger picture beyond sports, just overall. Oh. Um, there was one with James Kahn, and I mentioned it in the book, um, and I don't remember what the name is, but he goes on uh, kind of a bender. He's he's a, sort of an a, a associate professor at some college in New York, and he he thinks he's got this gambling thing wired, and he takes his girl, uh, Lauren Hutton, I believe, and he takes her to Vegas, and um, it's it's accurate. In the fact that luck always goes against him. He is not a lucky guy. And it's a sad movie, too, because he ends up paying more attention to the gambling and the odds and the point spreads and the Lakers. Are the Lakers going to cover against Utah tonight? He spends way too much time on that and not his girlfriend, which is the gorgeous Lauren Hutton. So <laughs> it's uh, there's, a, there's a few felonies in that movie, and that's one of them. Uh, but but it's, it's, it's accurate because... It's a it's a difficult place to make money, and it is dangerous, and it can be very dark. I'm glad we've talked about this because I always like to when I talk about the book. I I always want to talk about the danger that there's not a lot of uh, uh, glamour in this world. It's it's very antisocial, and uh, you can get yourself in a whole lot of trouble. So I I just can't stress enough how you just have to be careful. Now, do you do you personally, if you if you don't mind my asking, do you gamble? Uh, well, like you know, I had that one little bet, the little carnival bet on the Super Bowl yesterday. That's nothing. It was just for kind of right. uh, bleeps, okay. bleeps and right. giggles. Uh, I will partake in some college basketball when I see that I have overwhelming odds in my favor. Uh, the professionals kind of they they shun this, but I will take two or three college basketball games that I really 
I don't love them. I don't enjoy them. I don't like them. But the numbers are barking at me, and the numbers tell me that it's overwhelmingly going to go this way. What I will do is I will take those few games, and I will tease them six points in my favor because I need all the help I can get. Uh, I know I talked about how on 150 games on a given Saturday, they can't be right on all all of those games with the numbers, but I want to think that they are right on a lot of them. And so even though I might like certain certain numbers in my favor, I want six more points in my favor. So I'll do a couple two-team parlays with six points in each game in my favor. The return odds, odds are not as good as they would be if I didn't tease those points, but I operate under the assumption that I, I want to give that ticket back for money. I might not be getting the best odds. I might be, I could probably do it another way and get better odds, but that's not the point. My point is I want to take that ticket and I want money for that ticket. And that's the way I do that is with teasing. I just need everything I can possibly get in my favor. And it generally works out all right, but I'm not betting a lot and I'm not winning a lot. So okay. that's uh, kind of how I go about it. Two more questions. One is you wrote a book on Bryce Harper. What did you, what was your takeaway from Bryce Harper? What do you think of him as a player? Is he the best? Is he second to Mike Trout? How is he ranked? What was he like? I, I think what he did was extraordinary. The coach, uh, for those who don't know, it's the last natural. And the coach, Tim Chambers, uh, it just fit. I got laid off from the Las Vegas Sun in December 09. One month later, I was on to this project. The coach let me into the dugout for games. I was on the coach for road trips. It was basically the inside story of uh, the season that launched Bryce Harper to fame and fortune, and it's all inside stuff. And he, I'm pretty sure he hates me and his parents hate me because I wrote the truth. But say la vie, that's the way it goes. I told myself when I got into it, I'm going to write what I see, I'm going to write what I hear, and I'm not going to fudge with any of it. And so he was under a lot of pressure. He left Las Vegas High School after his sophomore year to get his GED to hit with a wood bat in his junior college for a year so he could be drafted a year before his high school class graduated. He did that to get under uh, some rule changes um, with the draft, with slotted draft picks, with less uh, bonus money that was on the horizon. So he got his money, he got drafted number one, it all worked out great, and here he is, he hit the lottery with a $300 million plus contract. Him and his next few generations are set for life, so they did this grand about-face. They, they kind of skirted the rules that were in place so he could get drafted early. And that season, he just ended up leading the country with 31 home runs with a wooden bat. Nobody else in college baseball, even with metal, hit, hit uh, more than 30 home runs that year. He did. And so it was it was really cool to see this uh, uh, this, this young buck kind of uh, – he, he had a lot to learn as I write in the book. It wasn't easy. There was a lot of difficulties. But he got stronger, and he is where he is now. And I don't want to say he's the best in the game or look at him, he's the best, but uh, um, it's he's admirable what he did, and he's a very good person. The best thing I can say about Bryce, Purse, Bryce Harper is uh, you would you would want to meet him, and you would not be disappointed in him as a human being. He's a great person. Okay. All right, my final question I always ask my guests is, for doing the work you've done, Rob, and you've been around a lot of different types of characters, what is your opinion? Like, what have you learned about humanity from doing the work that you do? Ooh. 
Boy, oh boy. Um, this is a tough time to ask me about humanity. Somebody broke into my car three weeks ago, and uh, they used some gizmo to unlock my electronic devices and to get into my car without even breaking into it. And uh, they, they ended up... Uh, they ended up getting my registration and stealing my keys. Yeah. While I was eating lunch, they went to my home and stole my late dad's Rolex. They even stole a crystal ornament with his ashes in it. So, uh, when when you when you ask me about humanity right now, mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not the best person to ask okay. about humanity because I'm pretty. I'm, I'm not ticked at the world, but I'm looking at everybody two and three times, Got and it. it's just a real uncomfortable totally vibe. Of, mm -hmm. uh, there's just a feeling of being violated right now that uh, yeah. it is just so, it's so extremely uncomfortable. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent right no, there, but okay. when, okay. when, when, you, when yeah. you ask me about humanity, I just think about that, and I just think, I, I know there are more good people than bad people in this world. I, I have to believe that, uh, but sometimes I wonder. Okay. Uh, all right. Rob Mish, our special guest on Guys Guys Radio. The book is Sports Betting for Winners. Rob, where can everybody find out more about you and get your book? You can find me on Twitter at R-O-B-M-I-E-C-H. If you pick up the book and you want to converse with me, I, I will uh, talk with anybody, chat with anybody about details of it, how to go about this. You can find the book at uh, Barnes & Noble nationally. Uh, you can get it online at Amazon.com, uh, online at Barnes & Noble. If you do get it, uh, uh, I'm told that comments go a long way, so feel free to make a comment about it in the Amazon uh, section where the book is. And I hope people have, I hope they have fun with it. And I hope they enjoy it, and I, I think they'll learn something from it. So uh, right. it was it was so enjoyable to do. Okay, thank you so much, Rob. You did a great job. I really am uh, pleased that you came on to Guys Guys Radio, and you imparted so much of your information and your education and everything you've learned. You did fantastic. So thank you. Anytime, Robert. Thank you. Okay, hang on one second, Rob. Cause that's the end of the yeah. interview. I just want to say, you know, offline. I just want to thank you, and uh, I know we pulled it together quickly, but I think yeah. it went really well. Awesome. Anytime. I appreciate your interest, Robert. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Robert Manny's The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a fast-paced tale of flawed men and savvy women competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps. It's the men's successor to Sex in the City. The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love is a sexy romp through the fast-moving, high-stakes world of Madison Avenue. Available now on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Okay, that was Rob Mish on Guys Guys Radio. Very interesting guy, very interesting book. The name of the book, again, is Sports Betting for Winners. And it's not really about just, you know, how to bet. It's, it's about Vegas. It's about the seamy underworld of gambling in Vegas. And uh, so what's the takeaway for us? Well, as Rob said, and I would agree, don't bet money that you can't afford to lose. So if you want to have some fun and you have a little bit of money stashed away that you can play with, you know, there's nothing wrong with placing a few bets. Acknowledging that gambling overall is a disease and a lot of people have huge problems with it in their life. But if you can 
put aside a couple of bucks and you can have some fun with it and you want to bet on the Super Bowl or fantasy football or whatever, you know, you can have a good time. Moderation, of course. So Rob Mish. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in sunny Southern California. You can listen live to the show. You can stream it. You can download it. The show uh, podcast version drops every Thursday, first thing every Thursday, uh, all over on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, slash Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, CastBox. You can stream it on kcaa.com, Blog Talk Radio, and robertmanny.com, my website. The show also rebroadcasts on KCAA every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. The name of the book is The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it's about two dudes in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money in the city where they play for keeps, NYC. We've also got news, events, updates, over 350 blog posts that I've done over the years, everything about life, love, the pursuit of happiness, through the kind of the guy's guy's filter. If you want to support the show, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or pick up my novel on Amazon or wherever else you buy your books or download your books, that would be a big help. Also, you can follow me on social media. I'm all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and I'm very, very, very appreciative of my listeners and what I try to do. I say it over and over again, but I'll say it one more time is I I really want to bring information to you that you may not have time to dig around and find on your own. And it's up to you to think about it and then have some type of feeling about it and then do something about it one way or the other. So guys, guys, radio, that's my kind of listener's goal, if you will. We're just about at my 400th episode, and that will be next week. And that's going to be a special one. Our special guest is going to be a Hollywood costume designer. His name is Daniel Orlandi, and he actually went to high school with me, and he's an Emmy-winning costume designer. And I thought the subject of uh, costume design and set design, all that stuff that we drink in all the time when we watch TV or films or whatever, but we don't know really too much about how it's done. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. So we're going to talk to Daniel, and then also the second half of his show, I'm going to do some riffing about what it's been like to be on this quote-unquote journey or spiritual quest on Guys Guys Radio as we approach episode number 500. So, Guys Guys Radio, once again, I'll be seeing you next week. I thank you for listening, and as I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first.
It's Guys Guy Radio.